0: You're listening to The Cumberland Road, and I'm your host, T.J. Melanosky. The following is a faith conversation with Rev. Merlin Alexander. He is a former General Assembly moderator, a minister who has served in multiple congregations and states throughout his ministry. Merlin has been ordained for 71 years this month. It was a pleasure and a joy to be able to sit in his presence. This conversation didn't happen without some technical difficulties. So this episode will be a little bit different than all the previous ones. Merlin had to share a microphone with me. And because of that, uh, there are some aspects that you cannot hear very well. I don't have a a sound engineering background, so I did the best to my ability. There are a few times in this podcast where I do a voiceover to give better context and maybe a little bit of volume, but despite of all of this, this is a faith journey of Merlin Alexander.
1: i uh, begin where it uh, began. Uh, of course, I was born uh, January eleventh, 1932, and when I was 10 years old during a revival, I accepted Christ as my Savior. And uh, I remember the minister, uh, uh, his name was uh, Welch, Brown Welch. And by the way, I was, ab- I was baptized an infant with William T. Ingram, with everybody will recognize, and then in synax, I always uh, I attended a lot of church camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one summer i might out uh, of with a friend of mine, and some people will recognize uh, Derwood Mathias's name, who served a little bit, a year or two in South America. He said, "I've got, the, I've got the tran- transportation. You pay your fees, and we'll go." Mm-hmm and I think we went to South Texas, East Texas, East Texas, and various places, but I, I received the call to the ministry at Camp Gilmont near Gilmer, Texas, when I was 16, and of course, I went under the care of Presbytery then, and uh, began my uh, journey uh, toward the fulfillment of my, our nation, and uh I went to the Dallas Presbytery. That's the old presbytery uh, under uh, the old Texas Synod. And uh, they called it the Committee on Literary Theology instead of the Community of Probational Care.
0: Here, I asked Merlin if it was unusual for 16-year-olds to enter into the ministry in the 1940s.
1: Well, I know... uh, my friends in Bethel College were all we were about the same age and we all was under, under the care of some presbytery. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say it about, might be a little unusual, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, I went into Bethel in 1950, fall of 1950, and uh, began to um, my education I walked on the field to play football, and um, that wasn't too good sometimes. (laughs) I wasn't big enough to play. And uh, then I was ordained. Uh, I was married to Joanne Kitterman. Uh, Her dad came to the church in Fort Worth, Mm -hmm. First Church, first coming to the Presbyterian Church, he came to be pastor. And, of course, he brought his wife and his daughter. Mm -hmm. And my dad and I, who was an elder, we were there to move him in. And uh, so that's the first time I met my wife was at the age of 14, and I was 16, and uh, uh, dated. And uh, one peculiar thing about dating was that when I graduated from Polytechnic High School, I got a job with the uh, Fort Worth Transit Company. I went to work at 6 p.m., and I got off at 3.30 a.m., 13 days straight, every other Sunday off, and there we were. I was working and courting. (laughs) 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 A little difficult. She was still in high school. Mm -hmm.
0: I asked Merlin, how do they maintain a relationship with such a busy schedule?
1: I think she (laughs) She was determined, (laughs) That I was too, but uh, I graduated high school in January of 1950, in January. Mm -hmm. That was the next to last January graduating class, and Joanne uh, graduated the next January, Mm -hmm. and I was already in Bethel, and she came right straight to Bethel in the middle of the quarter, and uh, by the time we both graduated in June of, uh, uh, well, I've lost my thought. Yeah. We were graduating together. She, she had caught up with me June of 1954. And I had already got six months of seminary, though. <laughs> Didn't have to move. We lived in the uh, old barracks, which was uh, some barracks they moved in from uh, Army camp. Uh, the first barracks had... Um, uh, four apartments, one bedroom apartments. Mm-hmm. There were two mm-hmm. other barracks, and the barracks, those barracks had three apartments with two bedrooms of okay. each apartment. And uh, of course, we could hear someone talking at the next <laughs> next room. And if they ever hit a home run in the baseball, it would come right into it. <laughs> <laughs> Bethel was not um, streamlined. Bethel was pretty crude at that mm-hmm. time, the buildings and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, we finally got married in um, September the fifth, nineteen fifty-two. And uh, I was ordained in December thirtieth, nineteen fifty-two. Mm-hmm. And she became my helpmate. Uh, I told I would tell people that when they called me to preach, they also got a Christian education worker and also got a uh, worker with the women, mm. so they got two for one. Mm. We were a team. She was uh worked with me all the time and uh was a very big asset to my. Sometimes I wonder if they called me or called her <laughs> <laughs> to church, yeah, to a pastor church, but uh, and from Bethel, um. I graduated from seminary in 1956 with the General Assembly in Cookville, uh, Cookville, Tennessee. I was commissioned a home missionary and sent to the faith church in St. Clair Shores, Michigan.
0: I asked Merlin to describe the role of a home missionary.
1: Well, we went to where they had started a new church. And we were to be the missionary to build that new new church, that church up. Well, St. Clair Shores, it was a break from the first church in in Detroit. And um, I don't think if I knew everything about it, I would have gone up there. (laughs) (laughs) We finally bought property. And they got the church built on that piece of property. When I went up there, they were in a, a storefront. Seventy-five, hundred and seventy-five dollars a month. I said that's too much to pay. You can't go too much. So I uh, worked around. We got into an elementary school where the church is now located near it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was only sixty dollars a month. No, no night service though, mm-hmm. and no Wednesday eating, which we had in the homes. Mm-hmm. And um, Detroit was a kind of a unusual place. Uh, I tried to do some house-to-house visitation to to find out people. Mm -hmm. And I think about at least 85% or many more were Catholic. Mm -hmm. They were Roman Catholic. And I had doors slammed in my face and (laughs) all that. But uh, then I left there and went to Middletown, Ohio. Ohio only had two churches, both in Middletown and I went down to Avalon Church. Only had 37 members, mm-hmm. and I stayed there, and we were discussing the ch- relocating the church, and uh, talked about talk, uh, buying property, but I up and moved to Birmingham, Alabama. That was a bad move. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed there 11, 11 months. They were having sit-ins, Mm-hmm. Uh, Bull Connor, the police commissioner, had his dogs and water and uh, things like that. And This was 1961. Okay. Um, let's see, yeah, that's 1961. And the police chief was a member of my church. And wow. so he had his problems with uh, the sit-ins and everything yeah. that was happening. And um, I wouldn't stay there very long, and I, uh, I preached a sermon, I think it was on John 3, 16. A member got up, slammed his hymnal down and motioned for his wife and two children to come with him and walked out. Monday night they had a session meeting and they began to indicate they wanted to tell me what to preach. And I reached in my pocket and said, here's my resignation. And about two weeks later, they came back and said, won't you stay? Won't you stay with us? Uh, I said, no, I've already contacted somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that's when I moved in 1963 to Bowling Green, Kentucky.
0: I asked Merlin if he would describe more in detail this aspect of his life and his ministry.
1: Well, it was was difficult. Um, When I worked for the transit company in Fort Worth, uh, I had better fellowship with the blacks than I did the whites. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a real problem with with me. Uh, I respected all people. But uh, I was concerned about their own outlook. The former pastor was a gun gun lover. And I'm pretty sure that when... uh, they were uh, having the sit ins that there were deacons at the door with their, with concealed weapons. Mm. But it never happened. The blacks chose to have a sit in at First Baptist, First Methodist, First this, First that. And the smallest church in Birmingham was the first Covenant Presbyterian <laughs> <to> <laughs> church. And so they came in and, and set them in and brought them down. When the blacks came, mm-hmm. took them to the front pew and sat them down. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it wasn't long, but uh, that didn't last too long. The sit didn't last too long. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, I went to, had a good past. I did some growth there. We did some growth in those 11 months because mm-hmm. I did my visitation, mm-hmm. which I observed that's not always true with ministers today. Mm-hmm. It's house The house and member-to-member visitation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's the whole key to the growth of a church. Ready to go to Bowling Green?
0: Let's go to, yeah, Bowling Green.
1: Okay, Bowling Green, uh, beautiful town. The building was an old building down on the corner uh, about a block away from downtown area. And we bought property, and the church is located. They built on that property, and they're prospering. That's my as one of my high points of my ministry, was the success of the Bowling Green Church. Mm-hmm. But we had to clear the title. In 1906, they lost their building to the Presbyterian Church. Mm-hmm. In 1909, they built their new building. And they said, we're not gonna let them get this this church. So they formed a common Presbyterian building company and sold shares. So when we started to clear the deed, the attorney said, we've gotta find somebody who owns the share to clear it, to sue that person. So I went to looking and found a lady that had a share. And uh, I went to her and asked her about it. And she said, how much notoriety? Well, I said, the attorney said that um, it'd be a couple of times in small print in there. And um, anyway, she finally said yes. So it cost us $400 to sue her, but we cleared the deed. Okay. So after I left, they, they finally sold the the building to, I think it was a cleaning, cleaners. Mm -hmm. and So that was a big adventure in Bowling (laughs) Creek, Kentucky that I went through.
0: (laughs) Some time had passed.
1: She was the only one. Wow. And she was one of the, uh, uh, a person that you'd hesitate to go and um, sue them. Yeah. (laughs) 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 But that was uh, Bowling Green. We love Bowling Green. <laughs> and uh, my wife was teaching there. That's the uh, only time she had a full-time teaching job. Mm. Except she had one, I forgot about the one in Memphis. Otherwise, she did some substituting. Mm-hmm. There. through uh...
0: I asked Merlin if there was a gap in time between leaving Birmingham and going to Bowling Green. A time for mending, healing, and adjusting to a new ministry. His daughter Dewana, was also in the room with us, and he looked over at her before responding in this way. My children had to start
1: school, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> the little story there is that if she stayed in Birmingham, she was started. Yep. It started out with uh, in kindergarten. But when we went to the Bowling Green.
0: At five.
1: At five, she went all in or something. Because of my October birthday, I went straight into first grade. No play school, no kindergarten, nothing. She I, went right into the first grade. Sister. Wow. Yeah, at and, five, yeah. And the teacher said, uh, she's just like a check in the box. <laughs> I can't keep her. <laughs> But it was a good school. It was a good experience in Birmingham. It's wonderful mm-hmm. in Bowling Green. Yeah.
0: And, uh, now, how long were you in Bowling Green?
1: Six years. Six years. From '63 to '69. Okay.
0: So now we're getting into a new, almost a new decade, yeah. 1970s. I
1: jumped out of the frying pan into the oven. So where's the oven? Memphis 1960
0: you were in Memphis it wasn't 1968, long,
1: after, wasn't long after Martin Luther was assassinated Martin Luther King was assassinated. so you came a garbage strike okay I was there four years I believe yeah. so, so you... it was about a year okay. after he was assassinated and um, I w- I went into um, I decided I'd go to seminary. All right. Working on the an MDF. And so I drove right down through Hollywood where they, the garbage men were on strike mm-hmm. and, and earned my uh, MDF down there. Our son uh, went to Tresman, graduated. She went to Tresman. Mm-hmm. And there they, was had right, going on. they had a right there while they yeah. were there. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I had we had told her not to leave the building. Then her brother finally realized she wasn't he didn't know where she was, so he went looking for her and found her in a room, told her to go home. Mm-hmm. And uh so it sort of back out of the frying pan into the oven. <laughs> and, uh,
0: and mom taught at Manassas.
1: Oh yes. She did get a job at Manassas. Mm-hmm. And um all black, they were integrating Manassas, but they were doing it with the teachers first. Mm-hmm. So they brought in the white teachers. And the principal said, "Now they've taken away our best teachers, and they send us our worth, their worst. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about my wife, mm-hmm. one of the best teachers you could, you could have, you know. <laughs> and so uh, there was a young black who sold the pickup truck and um, he out drove the police and finally he ran into the medium of a, a highway and they called him and beat him to death. Hmm. And so about the next day, uh, my wife came in to the classroom and there were some girls talking about this, you know. And uh, so one of them said, shh, Miss Alexander's can hear us. And one of them said, well, she ain't white. <laughs> so she had her, you know, yeah. that said a lot to her yeah. and to me that they realized that she respected them, you know, mm-hmm. they were, uh, Didn't and she, a black student
0: pull a gun out during a fight? Yeah, she had, and she told him to put it away.
1: Took a, mm-hmm. took a gun yeah. away from a boy. It's, that was rough. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Alan graduated from Tresman Then we moved. Are you ready to move?
0: You you are taking me on a journey. I'm just following along, <laughs> sir. <laughs> uh, what are
1: we going to next? Springfield, Missouri. And it was good for her because she started at there into a very good high school, Kickapoo <laughs> High, in Springfield, Missouri. And, uh, and then she went to Bethel. Mm-hmm. And they both went to Bethel. So uh, Alan and Dewana went to Bethel. And Springfield was just a regular pastor, a visitation. Uh, they had promised to build us a manse, mm, okay. which was not built when we got there. And so, you um, see, Alan was, had a graduate. The one I was in high school. My mother, my dad died, and my mother came to live with us. Mm. And, and until they built that new manse, the um, Five of us were in a one side of a, a duplex. Oh, wow. They <laughs> built a beautiful manse, though, once they got started and, and done it. And uh, my dad died. No, uh, well, my mother died during this time uh, in Fort Worth. And uh see, what else in, in Springfield? Oh, I served as a... Police chaplain, volunteer police chaplain. Mm -hmm. I'd ride with them all night long or a few hours at night, you know, and um, enjoyed that. And I think that takes care of Springfield.
0: Next, I asked Merlin where he went from Springfield in his ministry.
1: I became the executive director of Oklahoma Senate. Now, the Senate included the whole state of Oklahoma. All right. uh, it, I, can't get, I think it's divided up now in presbyteries. And uh, I was offered the job as from the Board of Missions mm-hmm. and the um, Oklahoma Senate. They were to uh, share the cost of it. And it was to last three years. Okay. And um, it lasted two Oklahoma didn't come through. The local churches didn't come through. Mm-hmm. With their, But I visited churches, mm-hmm. sessions, uh, ministers, uh, just oversight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Had the adventure of dealing with Choctaw Indians, and uh, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. We'd go down there on the weekends and spend the weekend with them. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we enjoyed that. We spent the night in one, I can't remember the name of them, but uh, they ran out of propane. Mm. I mean, it got cold. We <laughs> were sleeping on the floor. Oh. And we go there on there on the weekends, and they would have uh, people come in from Dallas and mm. Fort Worth and all areas, kind of a, a reunion deal, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we'd be there. They'd send me over here to eat, and they'd send my wife over here to eat. <laughs> <laughs> And we'd eat, you know, and uh, they had uh, uh, pretty good food, you know. Mm -hmm. I had a meeting of uh, Presbytery down there, of Synod, I guess it was. I got a little story about that. I was moderator of uh, the um, uh, Oklahoma Synod. And uh, the invitation for the next meeting was in Tulsa and and Choctaw and I thought I would be doing a little bit of uh, good uh, f- feelings there, and I voted. It was tie vote, oh. and a moderator. I voted for Choctaw. Just trying to get some good feelings there, you know, mm-hmm. and so got down there, and old Claude. Uh, Claude Gilbert? Gilbert. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't. Well, I had worked and worked and worked the for form a budget, and how I had the difficulty of the two presbyteries had the money, Choctaws were didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. How could I have a budget that would be equal at, I, for all? You know, mm-hmm. and so we got down there, and Claude was elected moderator. And when he wanted the Choctaws to vote like he wanted them to vote, he'd step out. Everyone would say, raise their hand. (laughs) (laughs) But let me say this. A few years later, he came and apologized. Mm. And I appreciate it. When I was in the Longview, he came and apologized. But that didn't help the situation a great deal at that time.
0: Not at the moment, no. Not
1: at the moment. But uh, we enjoyed working with the Choctaws. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, did some good in Oklahoma. Mm. See if I can think of anything else about that. Uh, oh, we bought our first home. All right, My, Joy and I bought our first home in Mustang, Oklahoma, which is the uh, suburbs of Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was uh, good for us to own a home. Mm. And uh, of course, we were on there two years. And so we were, we had to sell it after that. But, you know, as I look back, we bought it on a buyer's market and we sold it on a seller's market. So well, we were very, the Lord was with us there because uh, that helped. And um, by the way, that increased my salary to where it, well, should have been, you know,
0: mm-hmm
1: because I really really didn't make much money. Mm. uh, But this, I don't know know what the salary was, but it it moved us up into another category.
0: Mm.
1: And we moved down to Longview, Texas. So
0: which church in Longview?
1: First. First, okay. They called it the first. Got it. Um, The only one there, we saw it was on Radio Street. And while we were there, we bought property, mm-hmm. and they built a church there. Mm-hmm. I never was with a church to build a church. I always bought the property. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> but we moved, we moved down to, to Lawview and had there We finally sold the house and making. it... They were making payments, and, uh, he moved, and all of a sudden, here come that money. Mm-hmm. You know, tax. What are you going to do with that money? What are you gonna do with that? <laughs> I don't remember what we did, but we made it through it, and, uh, Longview was a nice, nice church and good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, uh, some difficulty over us one circumstance, and, uh, I don't don't want to go into that one. Sure, <laughs> I understand. That was rough, but I moved to Russellville, Arkansas. Okay, another state. Another state, another presbytery. <laughs> A good pastor. We we grew every church. I think every church grew, hmm. and and I think might not be just me talking, but I think they were stronger when I left. Hmm. Uh, I think. Uh, Birmingham was stronger. Mm. They had met uh, difficulty in their prejudice and everything. And and, uh, I think they were stronger. And, uh, Russellville was just a pastor. uh, Visitation. And, uh, they had several old people there. Mm. And, um, That's when I was nominated to be moderator. All right. By Arkansas Presbytery. I lost. (laughs) I I didn't win. John Hall won. Okay. But I served as vice moderator. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was recognized by Bethel College as an outstanding alumni. Mm. uh, I can't think of anything else out of the ordinary. Oh, it was on. Uh, there was on a, a lake, and I loved to go there. I could fix my boat up at night, and in the morning be on the lake catching crappie <laughs> in about twenty or thirty minutes. <coughs> Dardanelle, Lake Dardanelle. Yeah. And we moved. My wife and I discussed it. We had been through so much there and I was getting older, and she was getting tireder. (laughs) We decided we'd cut back. Mm -hmm. So about that time I learned from Terry um, Maynard that uh, uh, Hohenwald Church was open. 50 members, so we went there. Okay. And uh, There I was nominated by Columbia Presbytery to be a moderator. I won.
0: Moderator <laughs> of General Assembly.
1: 1996. And as moderator, of course, I was to attend all board meetings and various things, you know, in churches. We went to um, San Diego for a Christian education. Field. I didn't get to go overseas like uh, a lot of moderators do, but I spent most of my time dealing with... Uh, Board of Trustees of Bethel College.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Bethel was in debt $4.2 million. Mm -hmm.
0: I was a student there at that time. Uh Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. I didn't cause the debt. (laughs) (laughs) Because I didn't have any money.
1: (laughs) I called the first special meeting ever Mm -hmm. of the General Assembly Mm -hmm. and dealt with that. Mm -hmm. And the O.U.O. started paying three hundred ninety-five thousand dollars for Bethel. Actually, saved Bethel. Mm-hmm. That and the success program. That, mm-hmm. but, uh, but the one of the results from that was the f- relieving Imhoff uh, of his position, which caused it to become a covenant relationship. Mm-hmm. So. The Cumberland Presbyterian Church is no longer controlling Bethel, Mm -hmm. but we have to have many. How many on there?
0: 50%. 50%.
1: But uh, we saved Bethel.
0: I asked Merlin to speak more in detail as his time as moderator and navigating the times for both Bethel and the Cumberland Presbyterian Church.
1: Well, I had boxes. one minister come and s- caught me in the call and said, "I have some young." She, she said, I have some young people here who want to speak to support President Imhoff. I said, this is not a cheerleading program. Mm-hmm. This is not a, a root, you know, I don't know what to call it, where you come and cheer and yeah, and, uh yeah. support and vote uh, and I said no they cannot come on the floor of general assembly and they didn't so uh anyway finally this was worked out and uh Bethel was uh Still in existence today. It is, yeah. Way more than was alive there. <laughs> <laughs> Way more than was <laughs> there. Uh, I'm proud of Bethel now. Mm. Uh, I feel like that's one of my um, big accomplishments. Mm. Uh, of course, someone else has done it too, but uh, so I was. Just happened to be the moderator at that time. They had to do it.
0: That's right. You were in the right place at the right time, or maybe in the wrong place at the wrong time.
1: Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> we stayed at uh, Hornwall. That's like going out. 50, that's going back 15 years. Mm-hmm. Had one one traffic light. I think they got three now. <laughs> and we moved to Jackson, Tennessee. Okay. I became associate pastor of the first church here in, uh, in responsibility with the senior, senior members. Mm-hmm. And uh, that worked out real well. And then Jerry, uh, Terry Maynard left, and uh, I served the interim for a year. Mm-hmm. And I was, we had, the, the, there was this ruling in General Assembly that uh, after th- you had to have 350 members t- to have representatives, two representatives to presbytery, mm-hmm. two elders and two ministers. and we were falling short on that. and so I made determined that I, while, while I was interim, I'd get the membership up. Mm-hmm. So when I left and Terry Hunt came, I had 316 active members. Mm-hmm. Just enough. Ain't no more, though. Mm. It has gone down. Mm. And here I am, (laughs) Brookdale (laughs) Independent (laughs) Living Facility.
0: How long have you been here?
1: Be two years in May. My wife died. Now, 2020 was the year that uh, I wish. Got to mention that. All right. On April the 18th, 2020, I broke my hip.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, after that, my wife found cancer, went under hospice, and she died April the 18th, 2020. Mm-hmm. And the pandemic was 2020. Mm-hmm. That was a bad year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I missed my wife. 68 years. She was 86.
0: It is here that we took just a couple minute pause. And then after our short break, Merlin had this to say.
1: Uh, Something flashed through my mind. Oh, I was... um, I had uh, ninety-four weddings, two hundred and thirty-three funerals. Mm-hmm. Like in in Bowling Green, I was friends with the uh, funeral director, and he he would call me, said I have a person down here who doesn't have a minister. Mm-hmm. Would you come down? So I had a few of those. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Yeah, looking back, I don't see how I did as much as I did. <laughs> always i always enjoyed going, enjoyed going. Enjoyed going to the General Assembly. Mm. Uh, I didn't keep up with how many I went to, how many I com- was commissioner to. My first commission, time as commissioner, was in. Uh, Nineteen fifty-four, met at Dyersburg, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. and there I was in fifty-four. That made me thirty-two years old. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) twenty. And dealing with elderly people, I've always enjoyed that, Mm -hmm. and I appreciate my wife going through all she did. Because we always did it together, and I know it was difficult for her. Uh, Memphis was difficult. She couldn't find a a job. Mm -hmm. We had a friend there who was a a superintendent, and he would get her um, places to uh, substitute, you Mm know. And finally, this deal with Manassas came on. Anyway, the lord had to be with us
0: i asked merlin if he could peer into the future what was his dream what was his hope for the future of the cumberland presbyterian church
1: there's a lot we can we can do with our with the message that we have uh, i'd like to see it um, Mm becoming more evangelistic. Mm -hmm. I don't think some of our ministers are preaching the gospel. They're not doing their visitation. And I think that's the key. Uh, Of course, there comes an end to everything. Mm -hmm. I hope it's not becoming the end of coming first year in church I'm like that with um, with our nation right now no a nation like ours lasts about 200, 200 years it's been over 200 years mm-hmm. are we headed toward something else I don't know
0: I uh, then asked Merlin what were some books that he would recommend for those listening to the podcast.
1: Well, uh, Tommy Campbell's or has written some good books. And uh, E.K. Reagan has a good book. Uh, that goes way back. I remember D.K. I think I met him at the YPGA, CPYC. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Yeah, I went. To, I went to watch PGA when forty-eight and 49, 16, 16, 17 years old. Wow! I was the, I was the youngest one there. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I've been. I went to, um, went to Chattanooga and they had uh, something down there. I can't think where what it was, but uh, I've been real. I realized. Uh, I was the youngest one there and had attended the, the 48 years. Uh, have you ever gone to camp, a youth camp? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everybody in youth camp, yeah. when you went there and got there late at night and they give you a tick, which is like a, uh, a pillowcase, you know, uh, a big pillowcase, and fill it with straw, and sit and drink on, and sleep on it. No, no, that has not occurred to me. Okay, it happened to be YPGA <laughs> in Greenfield, Missouri. <laughs> well, yeah, we got there late at night, and they just—that's what they did.
0: Wow. Uh, I don't believe the accommodations are like that anymore.
1: No. <laughs> well, they weren't when uh, I when I went back to Springfield, my. Well, I've had a cousin that worked in a factory that made cushion, um, Like foam. Foam. Yeah. Foamer. We got them to buy foam mattresses for it. Oh, a big improvement over straw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I really have no idea... What's, what's going to happen to the church. I feel I haven't been involved in church since 1999. And you lose contact with everything. Yeah. So I, around
0: 2009 is when you retired?
1: Oh, let see. It was 99 when I left the church. Hmm. What, you retired it? in '09, 2009, 09. in December. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I appreciate Ms. Burke. Oh, uh, I felt thrown aside. Mm-hmm. And there's other ministers the same way. There's no cool. connection, mm-hmm. and what she's done made a big difference. See, when I left, uh, Jackson Church, I didn't leave under good, good situation, mm-hmm. so I have someone from there mm-hmm. to come out here. Uh, I have one, uh, gentleman who come, but he's in another church now, but he came to visit me, mm-hmm. and, uh. But being here in Jackson, not having a good relationship with uh, the pastor and the, some of the people, you feel just uh, thrown aside, mm-hmm. you know, lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one, one other thing, my wife, we both, when we were in Hornwall, Went to Vanderbilt and mm-hmm. went to the process to get our um, bodies sent to Beth to Vanderbilt for uh, what do you call it? Uh, anyway, they would uh, take it and for the doctors to. As a
0: cadaver. Yeah.
1: There's a there's So a you don't not-
0: donated your body as a cadaver for science. Right. Got it. I'm sure there's better term, but no, we'll no. just go with that one.
1: Oh. <laughs> uh and it did that's what happened mm-hmm. she died about midnight and uh they came oh about long or t- anyway they took her and uh about a year and a- two months we got our ashes back mm-hmm. during the pandemic and we were going to uh scatter her ashes up uh, around the birthplace of the church, mm-hmm. and it has to happen. We still got our ashes, so uh, my my body will do the same, but not Vanderbilt, but the Union here in Jackson. Okay, that's where she went. I missed that. Union, we made we made the transition down here to Houston through Union, and uh, so that'll happen to me too, and I think that's going to wait and just put them together and Mm -hmm. scatter them someplace. All right. But but I would encourage that. It's really good on the family. Mm -hmm. And I was, she died in 2020 and I didn't move here till 2022. And my children said, what are we going to do with Dad? He was saying that. that was all, so he doing, all he's doing is sitting in that chair. <laughs> what would be best for Dad? Yeah, we did say that. You were just sitting in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> Watching TV every day.
0: At this point in the conversation, I just encouraged Merlin to share stories. He had before him this big, thick packet, which ended up being... Almost a biography of his life and his ministry. So the remainder of the podcast is just Merlin sharing some experiences and
1: stories. I, of course after I retired, I sat down and and um, with a computer and uh, wrote this this out. It starts with my. Uh, my first my cousin made a st- uh, study of the family and this goes back to um some of my granddad and and his uh, ancestry you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then then it went on with my my uh, my life i did it just you know not at all all at one time was mm-hmm.
0: I hope Merlin decides to go ahead and publish his writings. He allowed me to flip through the pages as we were having a conversation. And it was so detailed. At one point, just randomly flipping through the pages, I opened up to a place where he said he purchased a 2003 Buick LeSabre. Here's
1: the story that goes with this vehicle. Probably, I don't know what I put in there that I drowned in that car too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I ran (laughs) off into the water. (laughs) Okay, so you
1: have to tell the story. My granddaughter, her daughter, was playing a game. She played softball for UT Martin up here. Mm. So they had a game where it was. Where was it? Anyway, I was, my wife and I, Joy and I were rushing to go. And and it was raining like everything, you know, and went through the water about this deep in the street. and. The streets, then got to she. She lived out in the country a little ways, and I didn't think it was that deep. And I, (laughs) Joanne said, I forget what she said. I said, now Joanne, it won't get any higher than it is outside of the car. And we sat there while she she crawled up in the back seat, back window. They finally come with a bolt and got us out.
0: Okay, all
1: right. <laughs> but that car had just been hit a few weeks before by a deer. Mm. Two dogs went across. I said, well, there's going to be a buck. And I, I slowed down, and sure enough, he hit the right behind my left shoulder, the, the door mm-hmm. thing. And uh, I saw him get up and believe, you know, but it cost $2,600 to get that fixed. <laughs> then I wasn't long till I drowned. <laughs> but you know, I had made a mistake and didn't realize it. My insurance, it was $50 deductible. <laughs> That's
0: a good mistake to make.
1: Look, well, it was. Thank you, Lord, for that. <laughs> yeah, when I, we got married. I had a 37 Chevrolet, Mm -hmm. the first car my family ever owned. Mm -hmm. My parents never had a car. Had a good bus system in Fort Worth, and um, this 37. And I drove it, and I drove it, and I drove it until the uh, pistons got to slapping, Mm -hmm. and all, I burned more, oil than I did gasoline. (laughs) uh, But it was... I drove it a lot of miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, odometer didn't work. Speedometer worked, but odometer didn't work. <laughs> but I and, uh, kept a pretty good car mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, back when we were in Detroit, <clears throat> in the St. Clair Shores. I I traveled 600 miles, my wife, Joan, and I traveled 600 miles to uh, Dongola, Illinois, to hold a revival for Frank Blaine. So we made the trip. I got sick on the way down, and we got down there, went and preached uh, the first sermon. And they had a coal burning stove, which was leaking the, the smell, you know. I got sicker and sicker. And uh, I said, Frank, I got to go see the doctor. So, we—it was a rural church, and so we went through Dongola. He said, Well, the doctor's not here right now. So, got out to his house, and I said, I'm—I'm I'm just too sick. I got to go. Go back in. The doctor was there. I had a uh, ruptured appendix, gangrene, and peritonitis. It was in the hospital eight days. And if it hadn't been the Lord, I probably would have died. Mm. Yeah. I've got my death ex. let see, I had a couple of them. Tell me about your
0: lemon drop sermon.
1: Oh, I forgot about that. So, lemon drop sermon. In Middletown, Ohio, Avalon Church.
0: Mm.
1: Angie, Angie. Had some lemon drops. And so the church was small, and the choir always came into the preacher's study to go out. And and she said, Anybody want a lemon drop? I said, Yeah, I, love I like lemon drops. So I put one in my mouth. About the time it got it, you know, for a good, uh, it said, Time to go in. So I tried to swallow it. Okay. It got stuck. <laughs> right here. Oh, no. And what was the name of your sermon that Sunday? Okay. okay. I went on okay. in and uh, held the started the service, and during the offertory, I went back in, tried to get it up again. You know, it kind of almost stood up on my head, and uh, went back out and tried to sermon. I said, my first sentence was, "What is death?" <laughs> Francis nurse, Francis, <laughs> called the ambulance,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they got it. They got it uh, out, and I couldn't talk for three days. They wouldn't <laughs> let me talk for three days. <laughs> but that's right. My sermon's on death. Mm-hmm. There were people in there that just you know had a horrendous. Uh, attitude toward death you know mm-hmm. and so <laughs> what is death <laughs> <laughs>
0: you almost demonstrated yes. yeah this is your greatest fear i'm going to demonstrate it for you yeah wow so that became known as the lemon drop sermon <laughs> that's what
1: i call it <laughs> yeah i forgot about that what about the time where the bab- you were going to baptize the baby and the font was empty Oh, same church. All right. <laughs> Had the infant to, to, um, to baptize. And the font was empty, and I didn't realize it. And then your mother did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the car was, of course, up front. And the only way you could get to the basement and get water was down the side and down into the basement and get the water. So here goes Joanne. Down in the basement got come back out come back out in the car it's the water. So I took the water and drank it. Oh, no. <laughs> Part of it. Oh, 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 it wasn't an infant, it was um a teenager. Mm. I don't believe it was a teenager. <laughs> and I asked her if he's all right. She said, Yeah. <laughs> How come you think about those things? I try to forget them.
0: Because they're funny. Yeah.
1: I was all three, but I've heard the stories. uh, That reminds me in Birmingham, Mm -hmm. I had five young men who had taken my confirmation class. And two had been baptized as infants. And three had not. So when he came down and they uh, joined the church, I baptized two that had already been baptized. As <laughs> <laughs> and didn't invite and didn't the, the others. Oh no! So the next Sunday we. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Well, it sounds like you brought
0: forgiveness, grace. Um and mistakes into the ministry yeah. <laughs> you brought humanity into ministry is what yeah, I, that's, I was trying to say that's humanity <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's see can I think of others <laughs> <laughs> what's,
0: what's been your favorite part about serving God through the church
1: seeing people change and legally with the young people and the L and the seniors. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were in Detroit I dealt with three alcoholics. One had been dry for several years. One was off and on dry, and the other had not admitted that he was an alcoholic. And that was Dick told me one time, he said um, he left the house where he rented and he had a cough. And the uh, landlady said, Here, I'll give you something for your cough. So without saying, he, he took a <laughs> tablespoon of it and that was enough. Oh, no. <laughs> he, he went off, the, he went off, and anyway, mm. he didn't stay off very long. Mm. Hmm. Well, we've gone back and thought about things I hadn't thought about.
0: It's the beauty of conversation. Yeah. Thank you for sticking to the end of this episode of Cumberland Road and overlooking the audio flaws, the technical difficulties that happened when trying to spend time with Merlin Alexander Thank you to Merlin for giving me his afternoon to be able to have this conversation with him and listen to his faith journey. And thank you to his daughter, Diawana Latimer, for arranging this and making our conversation possible. In closing, I want to share from C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity. Lewis writes, a Christian society is not going to arrive until most of us really want it. And we are not going to want it until we become fully Christian. I may repeat, do as you would be done by, but till I'm black in the face. But I cannot really carry it out till I love my neighbor as myself. And I cannot learn to love my neighbor as myself till I learn to love God. And I cannot learn to love God except by learning to obey yeah